Amber, what are you drinking today? Well, Amanda, still drinking water. Going on 21 days today. I'm so proud of you. It's amazing. I, uh, it, it's been easier than I thought it was going to be. So. Yeah. I'm, I am looking forward to drinking again now. <laughs> it's good to dry out every once in a while. It is. It is. For sure. Uh, what, are, what are you drinking, Amanda? Well, I was at my cousin's house earlier today, and he had a bottle of sweet tea vodka that was not his preferred brand, so he gifted it to me, and so I'm drinking Arnold Palmer made out of sweet tea vodka. And it's satisfactory to your taste buds? It is. It's actually pretty delicious. It doesn't taste like booze at all. Sounds really good. It's very similar to your twisted teas that you love so much. Welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell, and we are here to tell it. We have found that being a service member is easy, but being a veteran can be very hard. In this episode, we are talking to Katie Baker. She served in the United States Navy from 2010 to 2013 as an ABE launch and recovery. How are you doing today, Katie, and what are you drinking? I'm doing well, and I'm drinking Mountain Dew, watermelon Mountain Dew. How is that? They made watermelon Mountain Dew. It's actually really good. It's not too sweet. Hmm. I like like the watermelon, not the watermelon. I like the Mountain Dew. You get a Taco Bell that's blue. The Baja Blast? Yeah, Mm -hmm. that one. You know, whenever I first got this, my first thought, the sailor came out to me, and I said, hmm, I wonder what alcohol would go good with that. Vodka. I think that with yes, vodka. vodka. I'm not a big vodka drinker. I just I it tried to kill me once. Oh yeah, I can see that. <laughs> trying to think of what else would go with maybe some crown apple. Yeah, rum. I'm a I'm a whiskey. I I, I drink a lot of bourbon. Yeah, I'm a whiskey. Girl. I don't think bourbon and watermelon. I don't think it would either. But bourbon bourbon peach and Dr Pepper cream soda tastes like a sweet peach. Ooh, that sounds kind of good. Put that on the like list. A good whiskey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then the bourbon green apple and then just regular dark pepper is really good too. Yeah, I like the green apple with Sprite. Yep. Or 7-Up. Actually, 7-Up because it's not as sweet. The, but the crown apple was 7-Up, yeah. Yeah, it tastes just like apple juice. And you could put it in a styrofoam cup and take it on public transportation to... A Mavericks game and no one says anything to you. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how I know that. And I'm not going to admit to it in public. I used to work for them, so I know how they roll. <laughs> we would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD and products made locally. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website, www.rafa180.com or email at rafacbd at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters. Katie, where are you from? And can you tell us a little bit about how your story started? So I am actually from Missouri and I'm a transplant into Florida. I've been here for about, well, since September. I started out, I got my EMT. I actually went from Missouri whenever I was 18 and I moved to Texas um, and I got my EMT and I worked Hurricane Ike and uh, 
some stuff happened and I moved home and I decided that I needed to do something better with my life. And I decided to join the military. I went to the Air Force recruiter first and they were never there, never there. And uh, the Navy recruiter come out and he's like, hey, you want to join the Navy? And I was like, no, I want to join the Air Force. <laughs> and I, I, I ended up joining the Navy just because I just, I, I wanted to better myself and I just, I didn't, I knew I didn't want to go in the Marines and I knew I didn't want to go in the army and I sure as heck didn't want to go in the Coast Guard. <laughs> so I joined the Navy. You know, that's not the first time we've heard someone who's wanted to go into a specific branch and the recruiter wasn't there, but across the hall, that recruiter was there and they wound up in that branch. So that yep. these recruiters need to be listening to this shit and get their shit they together. They do. They need to have some roundtables with their veterans to find out the best way to get people on their team. No kidding. Sure. So you told us how you ended up with the Navy. Why did you go with the ABE? So <laughs> we all hear that recruiters lie to you. <laughs> Yes. I was actually EMT. I wanted to be a medic. I wanted to be a corpsman. I wanted to be a medic. That's the only thing that I've ever wanted to do was medic. You know, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a nurse and I suck at math. Um, so I, and I, I hated, I hated school, but I, I loved being an EMT. I loved that rush. I was an adrenaline junkie. And so I wanted to be a corpsman and I was supposed to go in as a medic and I already had my EMT and there was no slots open and I was working at the fire department and they're like, you know, when I call you, you got to be ready to go up to MEPS. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> they called. Um, and I was actually on the back of a fire truck on the way to a structure fire. Cause I worked as a volunteer firefighter, um, EMT. And they're like, Hey, you need to be able to go. And I was like, yep, I'm going to have to go to the next one because I'm on my way to a structure fire. And, you know, and that was for, um, CB, I think. And, um, then they're like, well, we'll just put you in. Oh, I forget what it's called. It, it, it was kind of like aviation, but it was when you go to go to boot camp, they'll, they'll designate you. It was, it was aviation undes or something like that. Right. <clears throat> and gotcha. so the next thing, they're like, okay, well, if you're, you're an ABH, you can do crash and recovery on the flight deck. And I was like, sweet. That sounds great. Young kid. And so when I got to boot camp, they hand me my class, my orders are like, uh, ABE. And I was like, wait, no, what's ABE? And they're like, it's launch and recovery. And I was like, no, what about ABH? <laughs> and the lady's like, not for you. And I was like, no, what about ABH? <laughs> not for you. Ma'am, I don't think you understand. <laughs> like, I'm supposed to be crash and recovery. No, you're launching recovery. You're launching, yeah, launching recovery. And I'm like, I can't wait to talk to this recruiter. <laughs> I was so mad. So I ended up being an ABE. And, you know, it was still, it was still aviation and I still loved it, but I was so mad. <laughs> so not only did you get fucked out of the Air Force, <laughs> got fucked out of being a corpsman. <laughs> and then you got fucked out of crash and recovery. That recruiter yeah, said, I, I got this one. I got her. <laughs> I should have went CB. <laughs> no, no kidding. Right? Yeah. You um, helped that recruiter make his quota that month. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I was. Yeah, I know. <laughs> have, right. have you talked to that recruiter since? No, I haven't. I. 
I was looking on my because I found my I found my enlistment papers. I was looking for his damn name. <laughs> I wonder if you're still in. Wonder if you're still recruiting. I have a conversation I need to have with you. Yeah, because I come back and he'd already like shipped out. Like he'd already changed. Yeah, you were probably like the last person. He needed like one more person so he could get off of recruiting and go do something else. And he's like, like hey, his, his four years. <laughs> That's why he was in the office that day. He needed one more sucker. He probably paid the Air Force to leave. <laughs> hey, I need you to be gone. <clears throat> the next one you can have. He was like sitting at his desk, just like staring at the Air Force door. Like I know someone's gonna try to go in there. Yeah. Like, wait. I think they do. I think they all like take turns. Hey, so the next person that comes up, I get right. <clears throat> and then the next oh, one. Oh, I think they do too. Here. They all have one together. I, like they know when what I doing. went into the recruiter's office, and I had already the recruiters were already at the high school, so I already knew I was going into the navy. And the first time I went up to the office, um, I remember because the navy was at the back, so I had to walk past the marines, and they tried so hard, and I'm like look at me. I am not marine material. Y'all do not want me. I promise. (laughs) Oh, sure we do. Come on in. They're not even down there. I have an appointment with them. They better be there. And of course they were, but they tried real hard to get me to stop in their office. Like I'm already going to be sorry. I wouldn't change it for a world though. I, I, I loved, I loved my time in the Navy. I really did. And, you know, even looking at it now, yes, I, I hated, I hated being a grease monkey. You know, I hated, I hated the, the 20 hours and four hours, you know, maybe four hours of sleep on deployment. But when we were in port, I didn't have to do shit. (laughs) Right. Same thing with air traffic controllers. I mean, when we're in port, we don't, you can't fly. Right. So same, what are you going to recover? If you're in port and no one's flying, same as, yeah, same as exactly. Everybody. As long as our maintenance was done, man, we were good. We were just, we were the drunk sailors of. We'd be we were the ones waving at everyone walking down the pier at eight o'clock in the morning. They're like, we just mustered at 730. You were the ones that, you know, got the whole ship on, in trouble and we weren't allowed to drink the day before we pulled out a <laughs> ship anymore. <laughs> Strength in numbers though. Strength in numbers. Yeah. They had to cancel flight ops <laughs> at the Bear Department because <laughs> we were also not, over from Italy. <laughs> that does not surprise me one bit. <laughs> and without Air Department, you ain't got a ship. <laughs> right. Ain't no one flying today. We've all got buckets laying in the floor. Oh, man. The I smell love that I can have that visual with no problem. Yeah, I- <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like deck department on an amphib. Like those guys were so bad. Yeah, it's yeah. <clears throat> the sound, the smell of hydraulic fluid still makes me sick. You're like so bad. like the alcohol that once killed you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, what were your duty stations, and did you have a favorite one? Um. So obviously, I went to boot camp in Chicago, and then I went to A school. And my my beginning of my Navy career was not that great. Like I should have known. Like this was gonna this was this was gonna be a shit storm because I got fucked out of out of being, you know, crash and recovery when I got to to boot camp. And then they sent me to to A school in Pensacola. I went all through my A school and I graduated and then they lost my order. So my whole class left 
And and here I am, two months later, still stuck in Florida. (laughs) I mean, but you can't really complain too much about being in Pensacola. Pensacola is the shit. It was. It absolutely was. But here's the thing. We couldn't go to the beach because it was 2010, whenever the big um, oil spill happened. Uh Uh-huh. And so they had all the beaches and stuff closed down. (laughs) What? I would have just said, hey, can I go to the Air Force now? <laughs> like, I'm supposed to be there anyway. Y'all are fucking with me. <laughs> but uh, I love Pensacola. I really did. I Well, I loved the bar on base. <laughs> and yeah, it was so cheap. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the tree that somehow pissed me off and I got in a fight with. I would love to find that video that somebody has of me actually legit arguing with a palm tree, like knife hand and all yelling at this palm tree. I think that would be so miraculous. <laughs> oh my God. And uh, then um, from there, I went to San Diego because I went to the Nimitz and um, I was like, "Woo, warm weather, San Diego. Great. This was in September, 2010. And then they moved us to Bremerton, Washington. In December. And they're like, it's just going to be temporary, you know, just a temporary home port change. And everybody's like, yeah, you're lying. You, you are lying. And as soon as we pulled into Bremerton, they're like, okay, by the way, this is our new permanent home port. And they're already like issuing, like once you get into to Bremerton, Washington, they start issuing you vitamin D. Like, it's just, it's just go down to medical and get your packet of vitamin D because there is no sun. And it was horrible. It rained every single morning. None of us could stay on the ship. So they moved us all to barracks. And then we had like a two mile walk to get to the ship every morning in between. We had to be there at like 6 a.m. In between four and six, it just downpoured every single morning. And it was cold. It was horrible. And so they're like, hey. We need volunteers for, you know, the bush needs, you know, we're putting in the new cat system, the electronic cat system, and um, we need people to go learn how to do it. The bush is deploying and here shortly, we need volunteers. And I was like, me, I will go. I volunteer. Let me go. (laughs) I'm out. So I deployed uh, May 2011 um, off of the George H.W. Bush out of Virginia. So, before you before you continue your experiences, um, you spent you're from the Midwest. Yes. Yes, you were in Chicago. You spent a little bit of extra time down in Florida. You had West Coast experience, San Diego, Washington, and then you had a little bit of uh, East Coast experience. Which coast do you prefer? Um, if I prefer West Coast. I actually told a sailor the other day, um, he was, he's fixing to, he's up for orders and he's up for orders. And he's like, I don't know where I want to go. You know, I, I've, I've got options, you know, he's got East coast options, Japan options, and then West coast. And I was like, man, Japan. if I was to tell you to go anywhere and I, not even really Japan right now, I don't want anywhere near China, but I would go with West Coast because the further you get away from the brass, the better it is. Like we still get two beers on our Steel Beach picnics on yep. the West Coast, the East Coast. Yep. Really? And if you want to be a shellback, you need to be on the 
West Coast. And I that's one thing that really pissed me off because I didn't get to get my shell back because I didn't deploy off the West Coast. Come I uh I I I didn't deploy, but I spent all of my time on the West Coast. So I, I, I love the West Coast, you know, the, the mil- but just the military, no matter what branch you're in, military life on the West Coast is completely different than the different. East Coast. And it's so I like the feral children even, of the military. Right. I would agree and with it's that. not even it's not even like where you're stationed on the West Coast. It's just being on the West Coast in general. It's so much better. It, it is like we are the feral children of the military on the West Coast. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it in gang. So did you have a favorite duty station? Um, I love San Diego. I, I kind of loved them all. I love San Diego, but I love in even though I prefer the West Coast, I you know, I was a 21 year old in A school. It was like college all over again, you know. Um, but I, I I love being in San Diego and as cold as Washington was and I hated it, I loved the outdoors. Cause I um, I was stationed whenever I got taken off the shipment um, because I was a broke dick. I ended up <clears throat> um, being shore duty in in the in the in Washington. I, I love the the atmosphere, but I'm just a country kid, so outdoors is my. See, my she thing. is so our people, Amanda. She really, she is, she's our people. Oh my gosh, yeah, for sure. Like you would have been my liberty buddy for sure. Oh uh, yeah, like all of it. Mm-hmm. We could have got into some shit overseas for sure. I got into some shit overseas. Thank <laughs> you. Me too. <laughs> Swartz Davidson Law is a Texas-based veteran-friendly law firm. Credit and debt is a big game and one rigged for you to lose. The system's designed to keep you in it, spending money and juggling different types of accounts so lenders feel more comfortable lending you money. Worse credit equals worse rates, and there's no shortage of companies trying to collect. Negative reporting is an attempt to collect a debt. So what happens when a debt collector or credit bureau makes a mistake? What happens when they refuse to fix it? That's when it's time to lawyer up with Schwartz-Davidson Law. Call the folks who started in credit restoration, got a law degree, and have been holding the credit bureau's feet to the fire to protect consumers and help you take hold of your financial future instead of letting the anxiety of it run you. How do you get a debt collector to stop calling? Let them know you've got an attorney. How do you get the best deal on a settlement? With an attorney. You don't have to break the bank to fix your credit or deal with debt collectors. Contact the attorneys at Schwartz Davidson Law for a free consultation and let us go to battle for you. We're here when you need us. Uh, do you have an active duty story for us? A C- um, we can say C story. A C story. story. Well, I. Before I joined the Navy, I was in uh, first responder, like, you know, cops. And and so in Europe, I, I learned their culture very fast um, and not the easy way. There's actually a picture. I, I think it's hanging up. I'm, I'm drunk off my ass and I'm standing in between the two cops. I learned that the cops with the berets are the ones that were military and carried guns. And the cops with the little barrel hats are the ones that um, are just guards and they don't carry guns. And I thought that it would be a very good idea to go up and ask for a picture because I was military law enforcement in the United States. They were very, very nice to me. I really don't remember how I made it back to the ship that day either because Liberty Buddies. (laughs) 
I'll tell you what, a Liberty buddy will make or break your deployment. It, it really will. Like you'll either, the quickness. You'll, either you'll either get a dishonorable discharge or you'll, you'll, you'll be okay. Cause or someone will have your you back know, for everything, you know, and, and the kind of Europe, Italy, and Spain were, I hated Spain, Italy. <laughs> so Italy, they have a thing called absinthe, the real absinthe over there. I've heard of that. that I've is, never that tried it, but I've heard stories illegal about it. in the United States and, you know, sheltered kid didn't know what was in absinthe. Thank God that I wasn't ship's company and didn't get you aid because what's inside of absinthe, I guess, is LSD. And I didn't know it. And so we were in, we were in Italy because I don't do drugs. I, I still don't do drugs, you know, even out. And, and it was an honest, like it was a legit honest mistake. I was in the, in the bar and they had the shots, buy one, get one free, but it was like pint drinks and they had sex on the beach, pina colada and Long Island iced tea. So I had like four Long Island iced teas. And then I think I had two more pina coladas cause it was buy one, get one free. And you don't waste alcohol. You just don't. Well, then this really cute Italian walks up cause I have a guilty pleasure for cute Italian boys, but he comes up and he's like, Hey, you want a shot? And I was like, me and my Liberty buddy was like, yeah. So he's like absinthe. And I was like, what's that? And they're like, it tastes like black licorice. I was like, sure, let's go. So he puts it in the shot glass and he puts the straw and he lights it on fire. And he's like, you got to drink it. And I was like, okay. I had two of those. I was like, cause it tastes like drinking black licorice. So we're standing outside and we're, we're waiting for the cab. And it's not like a call a cab you have to wait in line and the cabs pull up in line. I'm sitting there and or I'm standing there. And all of a sudden I start seeing little green leprechauns running across the road and they're <laughs> bouncing on the cars. And I'm losing my shit because I'm like, I'm telling my buddy, I'm like, what the hell? There's leprechauns. Baker, there's not leprechauns. There's a fucking leprechaun right in front of us. Like, do you not see it? It's staring at me. I thought like, I really thought that there was little there was little green leprechauns running across the road. They were jumping on cabs, and I was gonna die by a little leprechaun. <laughs> I later found out why it's illegal in the United States. Minor details. Minor. It was fun. I just see. I can just like picture like the little green Martian from like the Jetsons, or is it the Jetsons? The little Looney green Tunes. like. No, that's Marvin the Martian. Oh, yeah, Marvin the Martian. Like little green, he's all green, and he's like this little tiny thing. Um, and I can just picture like all of them, like all hopping all over. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, God. <laughs> I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> hey, cheers to little green leprechauns. Cheers, leprechauns. <laughs> um, I'm really happy that we had an overnight pass for that. Oh yes, <laughs> because I slept that off in the in the hotel, and we that would have been a rough one for Cinderella Liberty for sure. <laughs> oh man, permission for me and my leprechauns to come aboard. <laughs> what leprechaun? They're right here. They're right there. there. Look, there's I one on the podium with them and everything. <laughs> I picked it up down the street. It's legal, I swear. Baker, we're going to need you to do the UA now. <laughs> Those are the days when you have to go back to the boat and you just pray that you know the watch. Oh, yeah. 
my um, Liberty buddy was was Walker, and she actually got out and joined the army and became an officer. So now every time I see her, I flip her off just so that I can flip off an officer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> And, but yeah, she, I was like, she's like, all right, I'm just going to, there's so many nights I'm just Baker. I'm just going to hold you up. Just, just, just stand there. And I was like, okay, Airman Baker reporting for, uh, Airman Baker <laughs> permission to abroad. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm sure you have stories like that too. Yeah, there's, there's a few. Does she need to go to the drunk tank? No, just let her go to Iraq and we get to my rack and there's like, bunch of people and i'm like fuck you you're cool fuck you you're cool fuck you you're cool and the people that i was saying fuck you two were not even there (laughs) (laughs) they didn't exist yeah the amphibious navy or like being on an amphib is a lot smaller community than being on a carrier so we got away with all kinds of like drunken shenanigans just because everyone knew everyone i feel like the air department kind of got away with we were like the the Bastard children, but we were like the favorite children at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, just expected. Like it's just the, like the Marines. Like it's just expected for us to screw up. So just <laughs> love them. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, it's just Air Department. No biggie. It's just yeah, no biggie." Yeah, we did. And then I, being an air traffic controller in the amphibious Navy, we were kind of like superstars. For some reason, we never had to do real work. Like air traffic controllers are superstars anyway. What are you talking Mm -hmm. about? Yeah, you know, we were kind of like super bougie. Everyone knew who we were. There was only seven of us. We we were always up to no good, but everyone thought we were perfect, kind of deal. So gotcha. We we got away with a lot. And then my Liberty buddy was an areographer's mate. So she was an AG. So it was like an air traffic controller and an AG like hanging out together. And so we we got away with everything. So much so I brought her on a tiger cruise and told them she was my cousin and they let her come. Nice. She's black. <laughs> hey. You know, Which, you know, is not a big thing. But not clearly, light-skinned. She's not a light-skinned black girl either. <laughs> clearly not my cousin, but we put down on the paperwork that she was my cousin and they let her come out on the tiger cruise. She was adopted. Yeah, for sure. But like, they all knew who she was. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, it was so funny. Cause I was like, she had transferred off the boat and I was still on the boat and we were having a tiger cruise. And I was like, my cousin Keisha is going to come out and be my tiger cruise person. And so they're looking at the paperwork and they were like, really AC2. And I was like, yeah, that's my cousin. And they were like the Ryan look of disappointment going on, you know? Oh, yeah. And then they just, they were like, whatever, tell her to come by and say hi. <laughs> oh. It was so fun. We had a good time, but yeah. There's definitely some good stories from my Tarawa days of not knowing how I got back to the boat. Yep. Or how I got up to make it on the MWR tour the next day. You know, I think, I think that's 90% of, you know, anybody in the Navy, a sea story. And most of them are, I don't know how I made it back to the boat, but I made it back to the boat and I'm here. Mm -hmm. Like don't ask questions from there to here. Just, yeah, just be thankful I'm here. <laughs> no, I made it. I made it. Also, this story on a boat starts with this one time I was drinking fill in the blank. And it always <laughs> ends with, I don't know how I made it back to the boat, but I got there. <laughs> exactly. And then you could put whatever you want in the middle, but that's how a good one starts and a good one ends. So there I was. We see you, Chief, what happened. <laughs> Major Anderson. 
<laughs> because the chief was with us. <laughs> oh. Half the time our lieutenant was with us too. So we were answering to the major that was in charge of air traffic controllers. Like, <laughs> Oh Lord. The air boss was like, I had Lieutenant commander, um, Regina Mills. I don't know if you guys ever heard of her. Um, I don't know when you guys served, but she was the very first, the very first female handler on in the in the United States Navy. Um, she was actually killed in a in a car wreck in 2012, actually eight years ago Saturday. But she was amazing. Like she was one of those people that could could chew your ass out and make you feel good about it. And you're like, thank you afterwards. Like <laughs> those are like, the best times of the can we cheers to Regina? Yeah. Yes, we can. Yes, cheers. we can. Cheers. To our leaders and our story makers and just genuinely being great people. But yeah, no, she she was she was like my idol. She was like who I wanted to be before I got hurt and got out of the Navy. But yeah, she was the very, very first female bosun's mate equipment handler. I bet you Ryan knows who that is. He well, he's yeah, she, Navy though. He might not, because he's just a regular bosun's mate. He's not an aviation. Yeah, mate. yeah, it's a different world. True. Like that is a different, different world. That's a whole I know, world. but still, he might. Brian knows a lot of people. <clears throat> a lot of people knew who who of who she was because she was the very first female, like yeah. female handler, like the, not the handler, but like the ship's handler. Like she was over all of air department. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool to have an idol like that out there with you. So eventually, though, we do have to leave the ship, unfortunately, because I could have stayed there forever. I could have done 20 years out to sea. Like, I loved it. But we do have to leave, and we do have to transition from that active duty life to veteran life. How was your transition? My transition was pretty much set up. So I got hit in the head with a jet wing on the flight deck. It was slow moving from the arresting gear to the catapult. I have a nice indention in my head. And I had everything. I got medically retired for PTSD out of the Navy. So most of my VA and, and that stuff was set up for me. But it was still really hard because for three years, I had a routine. I was told when to get up, when to be to work, when to leave, you know, what my schedule was. And I think that's a lot of veterans problems. And for three full years, I had a purpose. And I've noticed that, you know, a lot of my suicide prevention awareness stuff that I do, I have found that a lot of it is we lose our purpose. We, we don't have a purpose anymore. Like we don't have that routine. And so I struggled for probably a good year almost two years. Like I didn't work after I got out for about a year, year and a half. I didn't work just because I just, I, I struggled in civilian life. Like civilians just pissed me off in general. Like they had no, they had no routine. Yeah. I have a hard time with civilians. We can, we can cheers. I think we cheers this yesterday too. Cheers. But yeah, I, I definitely have a hard time working with civilians and dealing with them and that's I'm 10 years out almost 11 years and I still struggle with that um and so yeah like and and I had I had my boyfriend whenever I got out Thomas and I guess and that kind of bothers me too because I didn't see he was a veteran he never deployed when he was National Guard but I didn't see a lot of the struggles he was going through too either because I was kind of self-absorbed in my own and he lost his battle 
to, to PTSD almost four years ago, coming up in February, February 18th, February 19th. But I, I think it's because we lose our purpose. Like we, you know, I, and I do a lot of videos on you know, suicide awareness. I did, um, and my sister does too. Idle time is bad time. If you have idle time, you have too much time to think, you have too much time to, to, to replay the things that should have happened, could have, would have, should have. And that's where I struggled that first year of, of being out. Like I didn't have a routine. I didn't, I didn't stick with my routine. I didn't care. I didn't like civilians. I didn't want to be around people. And it was, it was shortly after I got back from deployment too. Like, I think I was a year and a two, year, two 11, 12, like about a year and a half post deployment. So I hadn't really adjusted to that either. Um, and I was still dealing with head injury and, and PTSD and all that stuff. And I, I tried to get into therapy and the VA therapist, my very first VA social worker therapist, because the VA doesn't have actual doctor therapists, they have clinical social workers. And so this clinical social worker um, looks at me and she's like, I have to tell veterans to be quiet whenever they talk to me about money because they make more money than I do. And I have a master's degree now newly separated a year and a half post-deployment newly separated veteran Baker Airman Baker came out and she kept popping her lips and I might've threatened to throat punch her. And she's like, well, I think this is because she, she popped her lips at me. And I said, I said, uh, well, I'll tell you what, ma'am. So you can take your master's degree and you can shove it up your ass. I said, and second of all, I guarantee most of us veterans would give you all of the money in the world. If we could be able to sleep, if we could have our friends back if we didn't have to see the things that we have seen, we would give it, we would give you every dollar in the world. And uh, she goes, she popped her lips at me again. And I said, and another thing, I said, you pop your lips at me one more time and we'll crawl across this disc and I'm going to throat punch you. And she looked at me, she goes, I think we're done. I said, I think we're done too. <laughs> Turned around and walked out. And every time that she seen me at the VA, it was a small oh VA. God. Every time she seen me at the VA, she either did an about face and walked the other way or she head went down and she like all the way walked past me and so that's <laughs> that's so appropriate I, I I I still kind of have a temper but like it just you don't say that to and what's bad is her husband I guess is a marine I'm like what like, I scared you <laughs> like um but yeah no I just that that's where I struggled with 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 getting out and, and I had everything with the VA set up when I got out and I didn't have to fight with that. Like some veterans do. And I feel for the veterans that have to fight with that. Cause I, I wish that I had advice for them. The only thing that I can say is that are people that are fighting with is find your VA advocate. And if that VA advocate isn't working for you, find another one because <clears throat> your VA advocate is, and not only just your VA advocate, but you as a veteran are your biggest advocate. You are your biggest advocate. Absolutely. And, you know, and even though I had everything set up, I went to uh, the VFW and I actually had uh, the V the, they had the DV VFW purple heart, all of them set up there in the, in the VA. And I went and actually talked to one and I was like, Hey, if I have to do this, <clears throat> so get you get a representative and know your rights Know your rights as a protected veteran in the workforce. Know your rights as as a veteran in general. 
in the workforce because again, nobody's going to have your back. Like you are going to have your back and they will try to fuck you over as much as they can. Not just the VA, but some, even some workforces, they will play the veteran card. I've had it happen to me. I had it happen to me a couple months ago here in Florida. My employer found out that I had PTSD and a TBI and she pushed every single button in order to push me up in a corner to make my PTSD show. And I didn't let her win, but there are so many, so many veteran like know your rights as a veteran or as a protective veteran, because you are your biggest advocate. And if you don't speak up for yourself, nobody else is going to. If I was to give advice to, you know, separating veterans now going into when you get out, keep your routine, keep your military bearing. You know, if you want to use military, I still use military people, military time and people give me shit about it all the time, but don't let civilians who hasn't done anything that you've experienced or been in your shoes or has, I'm not saying that you're superior than a civilian. I'm just saying, don't let a civilian that hasn't done half the shit that you've done in your life at half their age, make you feel bad for continuing to keep with your routine, keep with your military bearing, keep with your, everything that you are in the military, because it will keep you going. Find a purpose whether it's advocating for veteran suicide, whether, you know, I make signs, I suck at it. They look horrible, but it keeps me busy. It, it, it keeps my hands busy because idle time is bad time. Find your purpose and find find your purpose because whether you're volunteering down at the, the dog shelter, washing dogs or walking dogs or, you have a purpose. It's not in the military anymore, but you have a purpose. And, and that is my, that is my biggest advocacy. You know, my boyfriend lost his purpose. I don't know when he lost it because I, even looking back in the seven years that we were together, I don't remember seeing when he lost his purpose, but now looking back, I kind of, I'm like, Oh, you were still that that's 90% of veteran suicide. We lose our purpose. And we don't have a purpose anymore. We, we just went from a daily routine of everything that we're doing. And now what are we doing? We're sitting on our ass broken. You still have a purpose, you know, and it doesn't matter what you're doing. Find something you love to do. You know, I see people, 20 year veterans get out and go to work at O'Reilly's work in the front desk because, you know, it's just a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It gives them some place to get up and go to every day. Exactly. And and you have to keep your routine. You know, if you get up at five o'clock every morning and you like doing it, but you get up at five o'clock every morning and you like running, doing PT, continue to get up at five o'clock in the morning and do your PT unless you're Navy or Air Force and then find a gym. True story. <laughs> I don't like to be yeah. cold. I don't like to be cold. Yeah. I mean, you know, or, you know, Coast Guard, go, never mind, I'll be nice to the Coasties. <laughs> <laughs> that is not necessary. Go no ahead. I, you know, the, the, you know, you have a bathtub in your house. You can go play in your bathtub. <laughs> Bless their hearts. My, my buddy told me, my buddy, uh, Tom, told me that they changed the, uh, the height requirement for Coast Guard. And it's now you got to be six foot in case your ship, ship sinks. You can stand up and walk short. that's fantastic Katie how are you doing now I have my days 
and I'll be honest, like I have my days and this time of year is just bad. I mean, this time of year sucks because February is coming up. It's the anniversary of Thomas, you know, the VA turned Thomas away. They didn't help him because he was national guard and he never deployed. So they didn't consider him a veteran. So the mental health. So even though he did, you know, he worked hurricanes and, and stuff stateside, he didn't get the, the help that he needed. Um, and then he ended up losing his battle to his demon. But um, I have my days. I, I, I learn, I have to learn to start taking my own advice. I make signs. This is horrible, but this is one of them. So I make signs. That's beautiful. And I suck at it, but it, it keeps me busy. I beg to differ. I would disagree with you as well. So um, I, you know, I have learned that I all time is bad time. I, I just, I keep myself busy. And when I am having my bad days and, and when I am in my head and I, you know, I, I can't, I can't get those thoughts out of my head. My guns, they go to my sister, you know, all of my weapons, they go to my sister, you know, and I tell people this all the time. You are not weak for handing your guns over to someone safe, because if you were drinking and driving, what would you do with your keys? Give them over. Exactly. And, and I use that analogy a lot. So I have my days. You know, right now is not a not a great day, but April through December, I'm good. And I, I just I learned to keep myself busy. I, I got into a, a job profession where I'm I'm helping kids and it's rewarding. You know, right now I've got a one year old that I, I do visits every day with. And every time I go through that door, man, she just lights up and runs to me. And I'm just like, I have a purpose. I'm I'm here that- for a reason. That has to be one of, and and I know what that feeling is like. And for, for someone who is going through so much on certain days, or especially right now where it's not good days for you very often, that has to be one of the best feelings that almost puts everything else to the side for those, that time with her. It it really does. And, you know, I, and I, I advocate for veterans because I have been on, I have, I have been the one that pulls the trigger and my gun misfired. I have been the one to get the phone call that said, you know, he's gone. And I, I can't, I've been on both sides and it's just, yeah, we have a purpose. Like we, we did not go over there and come back just to, just to let him win. So I'm doing good right now. And when I'm not, I figure out how to make myself better. And we truly appreciate, I mean, when I reached out to you, had no idea what's been going on with your life and where you were at. So for you to come on here and talk to us right now and and share your story and help us help other veterans, we are extra grateful for this too. Yep. I I do a roll call Monday on TikTok. I do a roll call Monday on on Mondays and and a buddy check Friday. And it kind of keeps me in check because... You know, last week I didn't want to get up. I did not want to get up, but I knew that it, I had to get up and I had to make that video because I promised people that I would make that video. Like I got to check on you because I promised that I wouldn't quit and it kind of keeps me accountable. So I do my, my roll call Mondays kind of, Hey, you made it through the week or the weekend, call your battles. Don't just text them because I can send you a text and be like, I'm great. 
awesome. You didn't hear my voice. You didn't see my face. You didn't see my eyes. You don't know if I'm okay or not. Like even in just a Snapchat video. Hey, what's up battle? Are you good? Yep. I'm great. You know, you see your face. Like that. Did I just come through a, a three day bender over the weekend? You know, you can't tell that in a text actually call your battles, actually hear their voice, see them, whether it's a Snapchat video or an actual phone call. All right, Katie. So if our listeners wanted to contact you for any reason, if they just wanted someone to talk to or reach out to, or if they had questions, maybe they're going through something similar that you've been through, where can they reach you? Um, I normally, um, I give my Snapchat out and it's, it's EMT224. It's just you know, it's, it's easier with Snapchat because I'll, I'll get it. You know, TikTok, I don't always get my messages. I check my messages, but I don't always get them for some reason. And so Snapchat is usually the best way to get a hold of me. Perfect. So we'll put Katie's Snapchat handle into our show notes. I'm really <laughs> smart. Out. We get a guest through you and Amber goes totally fangirl and you're one of them. I do. Yeah. I've already added you on Snapchat. And- I know. I, I, I accept it. <laughs> Scale Executive Search is a veteran-owned and operated search firm serving aerospace, tech, and startups. They've managed to set themselves apart by not only understanding the job market, but also ensuring their candidates and clients are invested in not only their careers, but also themselves and their families. Um, But the reason why Amanda and I started this was to bring about awareness for mental health in veterans and 22 a day. And in order for us to help spread that awareness, there are organizations that we support that have the same goals in mind that that Amanda and I do. And that is Till Valhalla Project. And right now we are also supporting the Fallen Outdoors. The Fallen Outdoors is veteran organization created by veterans who take other veterans on hunting and fishing trips. They're located across the entire country. If you go to thefallenoutdoors.org, you can punch in your information where you're at and get hooked up with them. They only require you to have a DD-214. You don't have to be a combat vet. You don't have to have a certain rating with the VA. As long as you have the DD-214, you're good to go. And so how, and so how, that's a terrible fucking sentence. That was a really bad transition. That was shitty as fuck. Amber, how are we going to support these charities? (laughs) In order for us to support Silva Hollow Project and the Fallen Outdoors, we have merch for sale. And the link for that will be in the show notes. There are t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, tank tops, masks, coffee cups. And Amanda and I also have stickers and koozies, but you have to reach out to us directly for those. Yes. If you're interested in getting a sticker or a koozie, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drinking Vodka. Or you can send us an email directly to veteransdrinkingvodka at gmail.com. Please reach out to us if you'd like to tell your story and be a guest on our podcast. You can send us an email or a direct message at any of the social media platforms Amanda mentioned.
If you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Pandora, or wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent, constructive criticism goes a long way. We are not professional podcasters. We're just trying to do something great. So leave us a review. That way more veterans can hear our message, hear your stories, hear the stories of other veterans. It helps with the podcast world algorithms so that we can be seen more in podcast world. We can also be found on YouTube at Veterans Drinking Vodka. This is where you will find exclusive uncut video footage of our recordings. So you can see the shit show in full prior to any edits that might happen. Yes, you can. (laughs) I haven't even watched them yet because I don't even want to know. I was present. I don't need to relive. (laughs) To, To add to the shit show, you can also hang out with us on Sundays for the Veterans After Hours on Zoom. We start that at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time or 1900. That was for you, Kate. 1900 Texas time. We are hanging out, telling stories, sharing resources, and meeting new friends. We do have to put out the disclaimer that this is a live, unscripted veterans networking events. So we do invite civilian, active duty, and veterans, but there is no censors and it can be explicit. Uh, And like I already mentioned, The reason why Amanda and I are doing this is uh, mental health awareness in veterans and 22 a day. And 22 is 22 too many. One is too many. And you are never alone. Veterans drinking vodka. Cheers.